Welcome to One Thought at a Time with Ian Travers, where we get curious about what makes us tick. We're here today with someone whose current position isn't easily explained by their past experiences, yet she thrives nonetheless. Welcome, Hi. Monica Gazy. <laughs> Hi, Ian. It's great to actually meet and talk at yes. last. <laughs> <laughs> How many months? Over years. I, I know, I yeah, know. Yeah. yeah, that's what COVID does for you yeah, sometimes. Yeah, right. <laughs> missing part of life. Yeah. So um, to, to get us going then, Monica, just tell us about what you do now. So at the moment, I am mum. <laughs> to a lovely ten, nearly 10 year old um i care for my mum and i am a life coach okay great well. um building my business um as a life coach um i certified in 2020 i'm looking at you like you know when i said yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't i don't have the answers here but no that's that's right <laughs> So I certified in 2020, just as the um, pandemic was kicking off. Um, mm. And yeah, made the decision then um, to just go with it. I was like, Let, let's do it. I was made redundant from my job at the time mm -hmm. due to COVID. Um, and that's what I've been doing ever since. And I don't look back. I think this is me set for life now. Brilliant. Yeah. So uh, I, I know that there's there's a there's a not straightforward route to how you got there <laughs> so, so why don't we why don't we go on that journey take it take us back and just explain how how did you get to being a life coach um, as you are now um okay so I think deep down somewhere there was always a desire to do something like Oprah did mm -hmm. <laughs> so um you know I just want Oprah on tv with all her her friends her guests that would come on and I kind of, that's what I want to do so they got the key to life, you know, they've got it right. So that's what I wanted to do. And then it gets forgotten when you get caught up with, with life and, and careers, et cetera, et cetera. And um, coming from um, first, first gen migrant African family, it was all about you'll be a lawyer, you'll be a doctor, you'll be something of mm. status. And so, yeah, you get caught up in, in, in all of that. And so I... After school, thought I wanted to be a doctor. Right. <laughs> and then um, I didn't quite get the grades in science, so I went to um, college and did business studies, English psychology. Um, after that, I was like, actually, I don't know what I want to do. Um, no, I did actually. I tell a lie. I remember sitting in the car with my dad, um, and we're at the crossroads at Goodmaze, and um, he was like, "What are you going to do?" And I was like, "I want to be a civil engineer." And he said, that's no, no job for a girl. And that totally threw me. Wow. And so, um, yeah, I was like, okay, what am I going to do? So um, after college, it was uni, because I have to go uni. Um, and I went for criminology. <laughs> wow. So I did criminology because <laughs> I float sometimes. Um, I was really into cracker. Oh, and yeah. um, I was really fascinated by criminal law. It's like, what makes someone want to um, commit a crime? Yeah. Um, I was really fascinated by um, gangland culture, but um, more around the mafia, mm. you know? And so um, Cracker really just spoke to me. I was like, that's what I'm going to do at uni. I guess I should just say for those who are listening who aren't from the UK as well, that Cracker was a um, like a, a detective, a yeah. a, a private detective kind of TV series. Yeah, wasn't it? yeah. So he, he kind of tracked criminals using psychology. I don't, mm. I don't know what the equivalent would be. Um, across the world but um 
And then um, I left. What did I do after you? <laughs> I went to travel for a bit. Then um, I worked for a housing association. Okay. And then I started veering back towards my interest in um, the built environment, so construction, etc. Mm. And I did a postgraduate quantities of own course. Right. <laughs> So was this a throwback to the civil engineer this piece? This a throwback, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'd never forget. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thought I had, but I yeah. And so um, I did a year of that, took myself away for a year's travel. Um, and then when I came back, I, was, I thought, I'm not going to go back to the House Association. I'm going to pursue construction. Because while I was traveling, you know, I was volunteering as I did it because I didn't want to just float around mm-hmm. having lots of fun. Of course, I was having fun anyway. But... I wanted to get into the place I was visiting. I wanted to understand the culture. I wanted to know the people. And so I volunteered while I was travelling. And, and, where, and where did you go to? Where did you get so to all your travels? I did two, two volunteer projects in Ghana, mm-hmm. one in Uganda. Um, and then I went to India, stayed in Mumbai, um, had some fun in Mumbai, and then mm-hmm. <laughs> went to Nepal and did a project there. Mm-hmm. Um, then... After that, the intention was to do a project in El Salvador, but I didn't quite make it there. Um, I decided to come home. Right. <laughs> so I was missing London. Um, but I came home kind of with an understanding that it's like now or never, you know. Mm. Um, so I was like, let's, let's go for the construction. So I then signed up with a construction consultancy, took a pay cut to enter under their graduate program mm. to then qualify as AQS. Um and then around 2008, the so recessions were happening then. Um, I left to go to Network Rail because they were doing rounds of redundancies. And at Network Rail, I just then kind of diverted to procurement. Right. <laughs> so from post-contract to pre-contract. Um, and my time, nine years at Network Rail, and I exceeded my own expectations about what I could achieve, achieve there. Um I was lucky enough to have a manager who really, he pushed me further than I would have pushed myself. He placed me in in um, roles. He saw more in me than I, I did, put it that way. Yeah. Um, he knew what I was capable of. And I'm, his name's Bob. I'm forever grateful to Bob. We're still friends. <laughs> <laughs> we love Bob. Um, and yeah, when Bob left Network Rail, I found myself lost because I hadn't realised how hard he was pushing me. I was just, again, floating. (laughs) Um, And, yeah, I was kind of like, this place isn't really for me because the opportunities I had were because Bob was there. So that was a real kind of mind opener for me. I hadn't realised how naive I'd been in that, you know, these opportunities were always there for someone like me. (laughs) So um, I was kind of like, I was thinking, it was a few months I was thinking about it. It's like, what does this mean for me? Where do I go? What do I do? Um, If it wasn't for Bob, where would I be? What would my opportunities be? And it was from that thinking that I made the decision to leave to pursue something. In my mind, it was a social enterprise or something that would support women like me or disadvantaged women, I was never disadvantaged, but disadvantaged women mm. into those 
those roles that I had the opportunity to be in because I had someone who saw saw beyond what I saw and mm. believed in me. And I was like, there's women out there who need that too. So yeah. that was my step out of Network Rail. Right. So everyone needs a Bob. Everyone needs a Bob. I've told him that too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> everyone needs a Bob. And then Bob continued to help me out. <laughs> you know, um, he, he opened more doors for me. And so, um, yeah, I then got a part-time job doing procurement. Um, and in the time I wasn't working, I was mentoring for a women's right. charity. Because yeah. I realised I know nothing about the third sector, the you know, charity sector. Mm. Um, so let's go and investigate. So I was mentoring with a charity in Hackney. Right. And um, yeah, I mentored a really lovely girl through business. And I was kind of, this, this is my jam. <laughs> this is yeah. definitely my jam. Still wasn't thinking about going for coaching. And then... Um, yeah, come COVID, just before COVID, um, I was stressing out a bit about my role and what was happening in where I was going with my life. You know, I, I need to get out of this current position. And I went onto Spotify, hmm. found a coaching podcast, listened to 10 episodes. I was like, that's it. And that, that's it. <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> yeah. God, what an amazing. I mean, there's so much, there's so many questions that come into mind that I'm going to, I'm going to ask it. So... <laughs> Oh, it's so going. I mean, the thing that for me that comes out of that, this, I mean, it really kind of hit me quite hard when the, you know you were asked, "I want to be a civil engineer," and the answer you got was, "That's that's no, no, for a girl. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. My parents, with it all, it all comes from love, of course, but mm. they had these grand ambitions for me because I, I seem to be the academic one, mm. to go on and be the lawyer. Yeah. I, I said no to medicine, but it was to be the lawyer. Um, and so for me to even talk about construction, and I'm surprised at my dad as well, because I was the one who was always with him when he was doing DIY around the mm. house. You know, that's why I love construction so much. Um, but it, it's it's protection, I guess. Mm. It's in my mind, how are you going to find a husband if you were to <laughs> um, You know, she's, she's the one who would really you know i have to be in the kitchen i have to be cooking i have to be cleaning and i remember saying to her it's like what's the point in sending me to uni if all i'm going to do is this anyway you know it's yeah. a, that constant battle between us um yeah that it it's it's cultural yeah and it it was just that's the path they thought yeah i should take and exploit and not do the construction part the, the it's amazing isn't it i i, I really do think that people don't realise the impact they have when they say things to other people with the very, very best will in the world. Mm. Um, I mean, you know, brief, brief memory. I can remember when I was, was going to step out of the corporate world, mm. you know, and, 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 you know, it was, well, what are you doing leaving a, a secure job like that? Yeah, you don't leave the good job. Yeah. <laughs> you worked so hard to get the good job. It's always like you're throwing it away, but yeah. no, because the value's here. Yeah. You know, it's not in the job. The value's here, and that you can take anywhere and and recreate it at any time. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so when you're when you're um, in your uh, in the life coaching space now, mm. you've got so much there that you're drawing from. What mm. what do you now look back on that that has happened to you on the way through, and how has that played out in your in your coaching life? Some of those must have. They must be really close to the front of your mind, some stuff that's happened. Oh, yeah. Um, so 
with with the coaching, you would never say draw to you people who are similar. Yeah. <laughs> and so from my upbringing, I suppose there's the people pleasing, <laughs> yeah. um, perfectionism. It's this feel of that imposter syndrome that like mm. I don't quite belong here. Um, and then also the not being afraid to take risks. Right. That that that's one that I if I can just really even just drop a little bit into every female that I come across is like just don't be afraid to take the risk and don't be afraid to throw away the rule book. You know <laughs> what what holds people back? Do you think from from your experience so um, far? What what stops people belonging? It's the fear of of upsetting the apple cart. Right. Um, it's who am I if I step out of this? Who am I? Who do I become? What is life? Who are my friends? You know, respectability, all all that stuff, especially as fem women, that's kind of drip fed into you as you're growing up. But it's how you should be, how you respond to people, how you look after people, how you how you move through through business and and life. Yeah. 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 And you you enjoy what you do now, don't you? I love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you tell. <laughs> yeah. I absolutely love it. It 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 really energizes me. Um, being an entrepreneur is so new to me, so new, and it's. I'm still working on getting my head out of the paye structure. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and so even in those moments where you're kind of like, it's it's not working. I quitting is not even an option. I don't even think I'm going to go back in. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not. Because I, A, I can do it. And, and B, there's women out there who need me. <laughs> what do you think? I mean, thinking of that of that help that you can give and thinking um, about what, what Bob did. What, what do you think? What was it you think that Bob enabled to happen up here and in here? Okay, so... You don't know what you got till it's gone. <laughs> so in the moment when I was there and, you know, working with Bob and uh, I say Bob was around, Bobby's still around, but um, didn't really, really appreciate it until he was gone. And then it's those moments of reflection um, where I'm like, ah, oh, OK, I see why he did that there. And um and also how I relied on him. Um, I was brave with, with Bob, you know, right. if if ever I was stuck and I needed help in getting something through, um, I could go and rant. Right. <laughs> I'd, I'd go, I'd, I'd rant to him and he had this ability to calm me. I was like, okay, so let's look at it another way. Hmm. He's brilliant like that. And so he... What Bob enabled me to see was that um, be present, slow down enough to be present, mm. um, slow down enough not to take things so personally yeah. as well. Um, because one thing he's brilliant at is what does the customer need? Right. What does the client need? And I can do that. Right. <laughs> yeah. he, he, he actually highlighted in me and to me that my stakeholders management skills mm. 
Um, you, know, you can go talk to people. He'd be like, go talk to them. Go get that deal. Go do nego- negotiation. He didn't give me a chance to, to be like, I can't just, just go and do it. Yeah. And so all the all of that definitely just in a very nice way um, brought it out of me. So he was he was really giving you the opportunity to develop your belief in yourself then, wasn't he? All the time. All the time. And then he was always there um, when I needed him to be. You know, I was yeah. like, Bob, I need to chat. Yep, yeah, okay. Put the date your diary. <laughs> you know? That's and it's a pick up the phone. Can you believe that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. That's brilliant. Yeah. And so when you are now working with, with, with clients, when you're working with people in the coaching space, that affects you are now starting to do that for other people then, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it, it, it is a real honour to be able to... This is how it goes. So it, I, the way I see it is, like, I've got this board with the person I see and the person they want to be is the person I see and I'm constantly holding it there so they can bring whatever they want to bring to me in that session. The I can't, it's hard, I don't believe it, why is that happening? And I could be like, it's okay, nothing's gone wrong. That person is still there, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so it's all about untangling all that stuff um you know helping them sift through the weeds to be able to glimpse those moments of magic that they actually have within them because a lot of the time we think it comes from external Mm. and what other people think about us but actually no it's it's already there so let's i want to hold this here for as long as you want me to hold it till until we get to that that's brilliant yeah (laughs) i mean this goes back um i use the the comparison of the uh, the basketball mm. to, to the golf ball you know mm. we carry so much mm. baggage don't we in yes. our in our past experience um I, f- I forget whose quote it was um it could even have been in a song about sometimes we we get in our own way and this is it isn't it we do we we do a lot of the time we don't realize <laughs> Yeah, I mean, let alone other people getting in their way, yeah, we get in we our get way. We get in our way. We get in our way a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about personal experience, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. And um, yeah, so being able to do that for someone is is great. And it, and the magic's always within. I don't have to say anything really. You know, I'm I'm poking with questions. I'm I'm really kind of like, but why? That's interesting. Where else does it show up? And, and all this stuff, and it's and I watch, I watch people's minds, literally like, oh, oh, <laughs> yeah. Every time it's just it's great. It's like a you can almost picture cogs moving in the head, can't absolutely, you? Absolutely, absolutely. And then when things start to fit, start to fit, and um, and they just even just start to feel different. They don't understand why, but they start to feel different. And it's like, just, just being the magic. <laughs> it doesn't always have to be a, a logical explanation. That's also something I do a lot, is try to make logic out of everything. Um, and so seeing that in a client, it's like, just try and let that go. Because sometimes you just want to ride that wave and it'll get you to where you want to be. But yeah. trying to control everything is creating that resistance within you, like you're saying, and that's what's getting in the way. That's what's really holding you back there was a there was a guy um who uh i know still know newton and he was explaining to me how he was explaining to a room full of people who were um i think they were sort of homeless people and sort of people who had who had challenges Mm -hmm. Uh, and he was presenting and talking to them about um mindset and behavior that that kind of thing 
And at the end of it, I should always remember what, what he said to me. He said, one guy, um, he said, and he was the type of guy that you, you, you didn't feel that you'd want to meet in the street at, at night, stopped behind and said to him, you've given me a real problem. And he thought, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, but what came next has always stuck with him. He says, you've taken all my excuses away. And that's what you're talking about that's here, isn't it? That's the scariest thing. That, that, that yeah. is, yeah, absolutely. That is the scariest thing. Um, when I when I started the when I did my coaching certification, that's the, um, what we talk about. You know, changing what one thought at a time. It's like what you think you will then make real. Yeah. And so when that really lands with you, and you're like, I I hold all the power. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's like. There were times where I've been frozen with it and it's like, I don't know where to go next because there's just so many options, so many permutations of how things can turn out. And that's exactly it. It's like when you remove the excuses, it's all on you. Mm. And you, you, and we haven't been trained. <laughs> we haven't been brought up to do that. No. We honestly haven't. And so it's almost, it's like a rebirth. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good way of putting you know, it, isn't it? Like learning it to really walk is. again. <laughs> But when you think about it and you, you, you go back to you know, your, your early experience, your family experiences, your, your frame of reference is that stereotypical conditioned environment that you're working in. Mm -hmm. So and, and that, you know, and, and as you said, it's it's, you know, through love in a lot of cases. But we, we build this limiting framework, don't we? Absolutely. Um, which. That's that's one of my missions is to then just undo all this generational conditioning. Um, say like I'll never forget the time I got a si my older sister lives in Canada. Um, she's got three kids, and when it was time for my uh, the, my niece to decide what she was going to do after school, I had a conversation with her, and I was like, "Yeah, don't worry about going to uni. You don't have to go to uni. They can do whatever you want. Uni will always be there." <gasps> and my sister found out. <laughs> <laughs> Did I get it? But then, yeah, prior to coaching, I guess I've always been doing that. It's like, no, this isn't how it has to be. Mm. We're capable of so much more. Yeah. Um, we we belong in different places. We, be, we belong in all the places, put it that way. This yeah. isn't just the one way that we are meant to exist. This isn't just the one way that we are we are set for life. Um, because I'm talking about um, the African Ghanaian community. Mm. Um it's so full of life and it's so vibrant. Um, even to when you look at um, industry, entrepreneurialism in, in Ghana, it's mostly women. Right, really? Right. Yeah, it's mostly women who are out there making the money. They're the industrious ones. They're thinking, that, how am I going to provide for my family? It is mostly women. But then when you come, when you leave and you come somewhere, we come to the West, almost like you then contain yourself, like you've got to be seen as some kind of respectable yeah. and that really does harm progress I think because yeah. then you're all you're constantly second guessing and thinking am I doing the right thing am I being perceived as respectable mm. and um it, it, it inevitably shuts you down because then you're, you're afraid to speak up and so going back to the Bob question again is yeah. that safety Bob gave me yeah. to be able to be like I don't like this <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> this needs to be different and he yeah. gave me the space he gave me the forum to do that yeah yeah it's it's interesting you know how i dream of a time where 
we there are enough people who understand this mm. that people have happier lives and they they get out of their own their own way mm. um and uh yeah I, I think that's where that's why i'm always fascinated to talk about you know people who you know like yourself as well who who have discovered this um it just needs to be yeah. how do we get that message out there <laughs> <laughs> how do we get that message out there um so since um since george george floyd george floyd, george floyd mm. um yeah there's 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 definitely been an opening up of the dialogue yeah and i think that's what definitely needs to continue mm. um that along with care so when I say care, I mean talking to um, people, females, males um, of colour. Yeah. A lot of the time, when it comes to this kind of dialogue and making it happen, it's it's them alone who's who's put, for, forcing it, but driving it through organisations. And what is lacking there is the care, mm. because it's more like it's, it becomes another job role. Yeah. Um, but then there's a lot of Dress that comes with it because as I said you, you're you're dealing with your own upbringing your own culture stuff so being able to speak out again I can only speak um, coming from an African family we know, we're not supposed to speak out against authority mm. you know but then when you're in that position you're, told, and you're then telling authority about what it is um, a, a diverse organisation really looks and feels like mm how able are you to do that really you know yeah. so it's, it's that two-way street because um the authority will inevitably be white mostly and that's what comes from that term of white privilege but you, that's thinking you don't have to do yeah. and so that's yeah. the gap really yeah. Yeah. that we need to bridge it's like can you really then sit down like this yeah. and let's have that real honest conversation where it's not about attacking people but it's asking people to really consider what goes through the mind on the other side yeah because even that you, you can't escape um conditioning of family mm. environment can mm. you because it's you know we sometimes say oh yes you just need to take a moment to see it from the other other person's point of view but that can be really hard because if you have no idea what that other point of view is yeah it's difficult to look at it exactly and yeah it's like oh, oh but what do you mean of course you, you mean? can speak up yeah yeah no, no. because physically <laughs> you know it's 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 then like that drip 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 it then becomes real physical so you have to thought and then that's that feeling like oh my god what's going to happen there's a fear and so that that's the part i think people that people are like well, what are you talking about of course you can speak up because you've always been able to speak up <laughs> <laughs> but from a child, I've not been able to speak out. So yeah. it, it's all the it's those little nuances that, um, yeah. <laughs> so we, we've talked a lot about how you got to here and, and what's gone. But I, I now want to let's now gaze forward. <laughs> what's what's next? What what future memories? When we you know if we <clears throat> if we sit together in I don't know two three four five years time what. What will we be talking about then? What, what, what will you have done? So, that's a really good question. <laughs> Conquered the world. <laughs> um, so, no, I have a financial goal. And so my financial goal is to be turning over 500K in my business in mm -hmm. three years. Um, 
I have to be very careful when I say this as a female. It is not about the money. It is about the money. <laughs> but then it's not about the money because 500,000 per year is thousands of women right. that I'm supporting and right. coaching somehow. Um, probably programs, masterminds, that kind of thing. Yeah. And so it's definitely um, me growing my business. Right. Um, really, that's all I can see. I've, I'm, I've always harbored you know, dreams of living somewhere else and traveling more and all that kind of stuff. And that, that, that of course, will happen. But I think that that really is my focus. Yeah. At the moment, is making that happen. So that so the numbers is really a representation of of, of the, the task that you see. Yeah, of the, the lives that I'm touching. Yeah. So it, that's that's just being able to put a, a tangible target on it, really. Um, yeah, that's it's kind of like my future. I really want a big house, like a four bedroom house <laughs> <laughs> with a garden. Yeah, because I live in a flat at the moment. Right. That overlooks a park. Yeah. <laughs> so just some more rooms be nice, yeah. Um, that has been a brilliant episode. Um, I can't wait to do this again and, and, and carry on the conversation. So thanks, Monica, very, very much for being here You're today. You're so welcome. Yeah, you get twice a week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get two of you. <laughs> um, so uh, this has been One Thought at a Time uh, with Ian Travers. And on this episode, uh, Monica Gazy. Uh, if you've enjoyed the conversation and want to reach out to Monica or myself, you'll find all the information uh, in the comments of this episode. Uh, if you'd like to join more conversations and listen to some more, please like and subscribe. Um, and we look forward to you joining us next time. Thanks very much. <laughs>